Hey y'all, welcome to Your Best Pet, Conversations with a Vet. My name is Dr. D, and I am here to educate you on the important topics you didn't know you needed to know. Communication is the key in any relationship, and I believe with my whole heart that if you are educated in a way that you can understand, that'll make you the best pet parent you can be. So let's get started. This week, I thought I would take the time to go over um, what to expect when you are expecting a new puppy. (laughs) I hope everybody is excited about this. So um, when you get a new puppy, what are the things that you need to do with your veterinarian? Um, You get this new puppy. He's super cute. He's eight weeks old. um, And... You are told by the breeder that you need to take it to the veterinarian so that you can establish care and it's going to need some vaccines and all that good stuff. So the first thing that I talk to an owner about that comes in with a new puppy is vaccines because that's the most important thing, right? Um, There are four major vaccines that we give to dogs. There is the distemper vaccine. That's the one that... Um, All new puppies get, regardless of if the breeder gave it to them or not. Um, The reason is, is that we can guarantee our vaccines with the manufacturer and we can't guarantee, you know, the store that they picked it up from or, you know, if it was cared for properly and and whatnot. So we want to ensure that your puppy gets appropriate titers um, for the different diseases that these vaccines are um, protecting your puppy against. Uh, so, uh, the distemper vaccine has distemper, adenovirus, parvovirus, and parainfluenza in it. Yes, it can come with a couple other vaccines depending on what state or region that you live in. Um, but here in Oregon, ours are usually the DAPP. So, um, that is the first vaccine we will talk about. Um, I give that vaccine about every two to four weeks. It depends on the dog and it depends on the age. Um, the age of the dog matters because, um, you only have to booster up until a certain age and then they can either just get one booster or they have to get a whole bunch of them. When they're under 16 weeks old, they have to get a whole bunch of these vaccines. So typically you do it about every three weeks. So if they came in at eight weeks, they would come in around 11, 12 weeks, and then again around 16 weeks old. 16 weeks is going to be your cutoff for all of the vaccines because 16 weeks is when their immune system is more fully developed. What that means is they can hold on to the vaccines for a longer period of time. So you come in the very first time, that's the first thing we're talking about is the distemper vaccine. Like I mentioned, there are four vaccines that we talk about. The other ones are Bordetella, Lepto, and Rabies. Bordetella is a vaccine that we give to dogs who are being social. Um, pretty much any dog who walks through the door is quote unquote social. Um, that is a dog who goes to the dog park or boarding or grooming facility, uh, even a walk around the block, they can pick up Bordetella. So you most, almost all of our patients do get that vaccine. The Lepto vaccine is another one that we talk about. Uh, Lepto is a vaccine we give to dogs who are camping, fishing, uh, going to big dog parks, um, hiking, anywhere where they would be outside and coming in contact with a stagnant water source or wildlife. 
Now, yes, if your dog lives in a city, there are a number of stagnant water sources around the block that you should probably consider vaccinating your dog against lepto. Yes, even the teeny tiny Yorkie who is pretty much a purse dog that isn't really going anywhere else, they still probably need the lepto vaccine. It just really depends. Um, We call it a lifestyle vaccine because... We do recommend it more for kiddos who are, you know, camping, hiking, fishing, and that kind of stuff. But realistically, we probably should be vaccinating everybody against it because that's the safest thing to do. And the last vaccine is rabies. We typically give that around 16 weeks old. Um, First off, they hold on to it for a longer period of time. So it's going to last that full year that it's supposed to. Maybe even a little bit longer sometimes. But also, we give it because um, typically... Once you get the rabies vaccine, you forget to come in for the other vaccines. So while yes, technically you can give the rabies vaccine around 12 weeks old, you don't really want to. Um, You want that to be the final vaccine so you don't have to come back. Um, There's a lot of veterinarians who um, swear by that because most of the time they don't come in for their final boosters and then you have to start over and then the owner ends up having to pay more and we don't like that and you guys don't like that. So 16 weeks old is typically the end of puppy vaccines, quote unquote. Other things we're going to talk about the first time you come in, um, we're going to talk about poop. Everybody's favorite. Um, Poop, we we typically recommend a fecal. A fecal is a, a test where you bring in a poop sample and we send it to a lab where we run it in hospital. Uh, where we look for parasites or parasite eggs. Um, That can be anything from roundworms to whipworms, hookworms, giardia, coccidia, all the grossness. So um, why do we recommend a fecal when the puppy was already dewormed by the breeder? That's my favorite question. Here's the reason. Ready? Puppies put things in their mouths. Yes, yes, I know, I know, I know. Wouldn't believe it. Um, Puppies put everything in their mouth. So chances are they're re-grossifying their intestines. Um, So you're going to want to deworm them again. You're also going to want to do a fecal and make sure they're not carrying something that the routine dewormers don't cover. Um, There are certain parasites that the routine dewormers don't get. So we want to make sure that we're covering our bases when it comes to that stuff. Okay, I think that's enough about poop. (laughs) Um, The next thing that we talk about is flea, tick, and heartworm prevention. Now, flea, tick, and heartworm prevention, um, really, guys, it is important that they're on all three. I know that it's a pain. I know that it's expensive. I know that you have to test them for heartworms, and it's frustrating because you forgot and whatnot. Here's the reason. When your dog comes in with fleas, not only does it make my skin crawl, it makes the dog's skin crawl. They're itchy. They don't, they don't feel good. They're not themselves. You want them on a flea prevention. Flea preventions in and of themselves, yes, you can get them over the counter. You can get them from your local PetSmart, Petco, uh, you know, the Wilco down the street. Um, we do recommend... Any patient that comes in, be on a flea prevention just to be on the safe side. 
flea, tick, and heartworm prevention, we can, let me break it down. Let me break it down. There are a million and one flea preventions on the market. The difference between them is what they're made up of and what things that they get. Some of them are just flea and tick. Some of them are flea and heartworm. Some of them only do heartworm and a couple of intestinal parasites. And you're standing in the aisle at PetSmart and it's overwhelming. The reason why veterinarians only carry a couple of them are because they're easier to recommend. Uh, It's easier for me to recommend one product than it is for me to recommend five or six. Um, Really, it depends on the dog's lifestyle. Lifestyle is everything. That tells me what they're going to be getting into, what they could come in contact with. Um, If you are camping, hiking, fishing, you're going to want your dog on a tick prevention. So I'm going to end up recommending something that has a tick prevention in it. Um, That could be uh, anything from NexGuard to um, Brevecto, Simpericatrio. All of those have a tick prevention and all of those are... Um, they have to have a veterinarian signature that goes with them because they are a higher quality product. They are a stronger product, so you can't just get them over the counter. Certain pets, um, certain dogs can't be on a tick prevention because they have seizures. Um, That is another hot topic that I'm not going to dive into all the way, but that's not what we're here for. Um, So, The reason why I recommend a product that could be deemed unsafe by some people um, is because it's important. You don't want your dog to pick up a tick that's carrying some other disease that could harm them. Uh, We want to make sure that your pet is as safe as possible for as long as possible because, believe it or not, we don't like it when they come in on emergency. (laughs) So, That's your flea and tick prevention basics. Let's dive into heartworm. Heartworms are a physical parasite that live in the arteries between the heart and the lungs. You can't just deworm for a heartworm. You have to either prevent against it or get rid of it with a really hardcore treatment and we don't like doing it unless we absolutely have to. So you'll hear us recommend heartworm prevention more and more because it's becoming more of a concern in more areas. As the climate shifts, as things change, we are having more issues with heartworm. So you'll hear more veterinarians, especially up in the PNW, recommend it more. The reason why people don't like heartworm prevention is because you have to test for heartworms before you treat for them or before you prevent against them. The reason is they have to maintain a negative status. Negative status to me means you take a heartworm test, they come up negative. Typically, we do that once a year to quote unquote maintain that negative status. If you were to miss a dose of heartworm prevention, that tells me that within a one month span, you could potentially get heartworm. So you have to test for it if you miss a dose. That's the part that people don't like. What I typically recommend to any new puppy clients that we're gonna put on a flea tick and heartworm prevention um, is doing um, a reminder in your phone. It sounds so silly, but um, having a calendar in the kitchen or something that you physically check off or a reminder that pops up on your phone once a month is the easiest thing to do 
And it's the thing that we forget about the most. Um, so that's how I stay on track. I've got a, I've got a calendar in the kitchen. I've got a reminder in my phone because chances are I'm not going to remember. And I give it the same day every month so that I don't forget. The 15th rolls around, I'm checking it off on the calendar. And if I missed it, then I can see that I didn't check it off. Um, so that being said, those are the reasons why we recommend it. And those are what your veterinarian is probably going to recommend to you. There's a number of different kinds. It depends on your area. It depends on that veterinarian's um, history with the different products and which ones they prefer because they've used or um, the ones that they've seen that work better. Uh, it depends. Um, for me, if you're asking me specifically, um, lately I've been digging some Paracatrio because it does all three and it's one pill and I don't have to worry about giving multiple things. Um, so that's my current reigning favorite in case anybody cared. Um, so that is everything for flea tick and heartworm. Now we get to move on to the question I probably get asked the most, uh, when it comes to a new puppy and kitten appointment, and that is spaying and neutering. Let's break that down because most people still have to ask which one's which. So spaying is a female and neutering is a male. Um, the timing of the spay and neuter depends on what your goal is. Um, the people often want to know, when should I spay and neuter my pet and why? Um, the basics for why is number one, so that we don't have more puppies and kittens. Um, and number two um, is because of pyometra. Uh, pyometra is an infection on the inside um, and when dogs get older they are more susceptible to pyometra it's an infection of their uterine horns it's full of pus it's really gross um, it's also in a life-threatening emergency um, that none of us want to see so um, it's an emergency surgery it's going to cost you a lot of money um, so your veterinarian is really just trying to save you money um, so when it comes to spaying and neutering, timing is a hot topic right now. Um, it depends on, to me, it depends on what your goal is. If your goal, like a shelter, is to get them spayed and neutered and get them out into the world as soon as possible, you'll see them spay and neuter as young as 8 to 10 weeks old. Um, that is so they can get adopted as quickly as possible and go to their new homes. Um, in primary care where we do vaccines and, and routine things, you'll hear us recommend uh, typically between six and eight months old. Um, some veterinarians recommend five to six months and some recommend six to eight. Honestly, it, de it depends. Um, honestly, it depends on, on the veterinarian and the five to six month mark what that means to me is behavioral problems. So if you're trying to avoid aggression and humping and, um, you know, those kind of naughty marking behaviors that we are trying to avoid, um, you want to spay and neuter them a little bit younger. Um, so right around that six month mark, sometimes as young as five months, depending on, you know, the pet. Um, the six to eight month mark is actually to prevent against certain kinds of cancers. There are certain kinds of ovarian and mammary cancers that we try to 
excuse me, prevent against. Um, so that six to eight month mark, that's what that's for. Um, to me, it's more important to prevent against certain kinds of cancer because that's what I see more of um, down the line uh, when they're not spayed and neutered. Um, and lately, lately being the last two to three years, um, you'll hear people start to recommend around 15 months old or quote unquote over a year old. The reason for that is there was one paper that came out recommending spaying and neutering a little bit later so that their growth plates would close a little bit. Dog growth plates close between 10 and 12 months old, so that is when um, they're going to be about as big as they're going to get. Um, the paper stated that there was some evidence that it was helping to prevent against osteosarcomas, which are the bone cancers, um, and hip dysplasia, like joint issues. Um, the problem with that was there was a second paper that came out like the next week or something that directly counter uh, contradicted it. There have been other studies that have come out, um, some pro, some con. It really does depend on what you read and who you believe. Um, your veterinarian is not trying to bamboozle you and have you do it too soon because they want health problems later. No, we want to make sure your pet is as healthy as possible for as long as possible. That is our primary goal. Um, so that being said, um, there are some people who elect to do it a little bit later. And what I usually tell people is if you're trying to get a dog who's going to be as big as they're going to get, like a police dog or some of those pit bulls that they want them to be that big, King Corsos and those kinds of things, um, then yeah, you can wait a little bit later, but you have to be aware that you may also have some behavioral issues um, that you can't correct because once those things are ingrained in the dog, they aren't going to be fixed by a surgery. That's more of a character that, rather than a medical issue. So, um, so long as you're okay with that, it's up to you. Your veterinarian doesn't really care when you spay and neuter. Um, they more care um, that you do it. <laughs> so um, really, it's up to you when you do it. Uh, just let them know. Let, you know, let me know what you want. Um, and I'm happy to guide you and answer any questions. And, you know, that's kind of how we play the game. Now, I am not your veterinarian, likely. So just make sure that you talk to your veterinarian about what they are recommending and why. And chances are they're happy to explain it to you. We only get about 30 minutes. Some places only get 15. Some places get a little longer, like 40. Um, but realistically, we only get about 30 minutes to have a conversation with you um, before we have to move on to our next patient. So we don't always get to explain all the reasons why we recommend what we recommend, but just know it's for the best interest of your pet. Um, I think that's the bottom line of, of what we do. We care so much about your pet that we just want to make sure everything is as great and as smooth as possible. Um, and I want to make sure that you understand why we're recommending these different things. Um, cause I know it can be confusing and frustrating cause you heard, you know, your cousin told you to do this and your, your, you know, 
neighbor down the street said that it was better if you neutered at 15 months and nobody told you why. So I want to make sure you understand why. Um, that's pretty much it. Most of the time, people also have a couple other questions about behavioral stuff. I'm not a behaviorist, so I'm not the best person to tell you how to potty train or, you know, what to do about puppy aggression issues and the biting and those kinds of things. That would be, I will refer you to a different podcast because I'm not sure, Um, but that's not my forte. Um, But I thought I would at least jump on here and explain to you what I would walk you through for any puppy appointment. That is vaccines, we've covered deworming and fecal, we've covered um, preventions, we've covered spaying and neutering, um, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Um, I did want to go over one other thing that I do think is pretty important, um, and that is your finances are not your veterinarian's responsibility. I know, I know. They shouldn't charge as much as they charge for, you know, what they charge for. But the $2,000 puppy that you just got, um, your veterinarian isn't your finance manager. Um, We still have to charge for vaccines and for dewormer and for the fecal kits. And, you know, we're charging for what we do. So make sure that if you're going to get a puppy and you're listening to this beforehand, you go. (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) Um... But make sure that you have a plan in place in case of an emergency. Make sure you have a plan in place. Um, Make sure you have savings specifically for an emergency. A new puppy is just like a new kid. You got a new kid, what if it broke its arm? What if that kid, you know, ran out into the street and got hit by a car? What would you do? You would take it to the ER. You would get a cast for it and, you know, deal with the problems. And same thing with your new puppy. It needs you and it's relying on you. So make sure you have a plan in place for an emergency. Make sure you know where your nearest emergency facility is, your emergency veterinarian, not just your primary care vet. Make sure you have, you know, a set a dedicated amount of savings for that puppy. That could be anywhere from, you know, savings for the vaccines that you're planning on getting for it or for an emergency. You know, what if it did get hit by a car? What if it got parvo? You know, what if it got, you know, a really horrible diagnosis that, you know, it needs to be in the hospital for a couple days and that's not something I can help you with. That's something you need to do for yourself. So before you go to get this brand new puppy that you're super excited about, make sure you have some savings or a plan in place. There are a number of options when it comes to emergencies like care credit uh, or um, uh, there's a couple of other scratch pay and those kinds of things. But whether it's a credit card that you have dedicated to your pet like care credit or, um, you know, some kind of a savings account or just make sure you have a plan just in case. You never know, and I would hate for you to be in one of those circumstances where you have to make a tough decision, Um, and it's, you know, the life of your puppy that we all care so much about. So um, that is all I have for you for new puppy, new puppy basics. Um, If this was helpful, let me know, Uh, and yeah. 
Y'all, thank you so much for listening in. If you like this podcast, share it with a friend. Uh, If you found it helpful, send it to somebody you think it would help too. Um, You can like, comment, share this pod on Insta. It's your best pet pod. Um, And if you love this podcast, five stars only, please, at the bottom. Uh, I'd really appreciate it. It helps the pod grow and reach more people. Until next time, hope you're living life with your best pet. We'll see you next week.